Hello and welcome back to Crime Note episode 8 and I did keep to my promise this week and it's not just me today so welcome Jamie how are you Jamie? Hello I'm wonderful thank you how are you? (laughs) I'm good I'm good going insane but I'm good. How has your lockdown been so far? Oh so good I'm really enjoying (laughs) the lack of social contact Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying not being able to go out to eat and that kind of thing pubs not being open it's just it's what we've all been wanting really isn't it yeah I think I've given the people what they want um yeah no it sucks but at the same time um although I do miss all that kind of stuff it's been quite nice to take a bit of a break yeah I completely Mm. agree couldn't agree more (laughs) Are you watching any good shows at the moment that you recommend? Mm. You know what? No, I'm not. No. I, <laughs> I have you, are you just... Productive? No. Oh. So I don't know what I've been doing with my time, really. Um, mm. I, I like Riverdale, and they've just released a new series. Okay. But I am not one of those people that can watch something kind of episode by episode when they come out weekly. Yeah, it has to be be like I'm waiting for the the whole dump, all the episodes in one go. Watch them all. You just got to avoid any spoilers. Yes, although, do you know, I did watch uh, what's that documentary? The The Cecil Cecil Hotel Hotel. one. How far did you get? Yes, I finished it. I can't say I paid attention to all of it. Right, good, because the first two episodes are really interesting, in my opinion, obviously. Like I found the first two episodes like gripping. I couldn't stop watching and I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. But by the third episode, I was zoned out. Yeah, I think that pretty much happened with me. I was started using my phone and that kind of thing. Although I do that normally anyway. I yeah. rarely pay attention to what's on the screen in front of me. Um, so apologies if I stop, <laughs> stop responding to your questions. At some point. That's okay. Are you ready? Have you got your detective hat on? Oh, so ready good okay uh good because i could literally chat to you for ages but anyone who's actually listening to this is here for a true crime so we should crack on. they're not they're not they're not it's all lies me. i'm sure they are i'm sure they are so words got out you got a big name on the podcast yeah, now. i did uh, i did mention last week in the podcast that you were going to be <laughs> people are ready okay so today's going to be a bit different to how i normally would do a case um so essentially I'm going to read out parts of this case and I'm going to ask you questions throughout to see if you can guess parts of the crime. Mm-hmm. Does that sound good? Okay. Right. Sounds great. And here is where I'm going to insert my disclaimer. I will do that later so I don't bore you. But are you ready, Jamie? Like, are you prepared for some gruesome stuff? Um, I'm not comfortable going ahead with this unless you've <laughs> given me a disclaimer. Okay, I can do the disclaimer now if you want. Let's go. Uh, what do I usually say? Uh, I do not intend any harm to the families involved in this case. All of these cases are true crimes that have happened and the information is readily available online. This episode contains content of graphic nature and talks of murder and suicide. So fair warned. Are you warned? 
So don't talk. No, not don't talk. Don't. <laughs> okay, don't I'll shut up. Eat. Don't eat while you're listening. Yeah, to don't this. eat. I've heard you say that before. But I'm really bad for listening to like a true crime thing and eating. Because you're a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, so today's case is sort of unsolved. So mm. yeah, and it was Mystery. it was it was sort of recent. So that's why I chose it. Um, so who knows? Maybe you and me will come up with an answer tonight. Wonderful. Well, who's who's the um, like what police is this involved with? Where I'll did get this happen? That. Oh, okay. All right. No worries. So um, throughout the, all of this, just please interrupt if you have any questions. And I will mm, answer them unless dangerous. it's something that's going to be in the case. And then I'll be like, I'll get into that. Okay. Okay. So you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Okay. Today's case takes us to Preswick Beach in Scotland and at around 8.30am on a crisp December morning a man is walking his dog but something catches his eye. Now based off this very little information that I've given you so far Jamie, can you guess what year this is? Um, <laughs> off the fact that there's a man walking on a beach in December and you're asking me to guess the year. Mm -hmm. I, I gave you a clue, I said it was fairly recent okay like uh, this, this century recent okay to uh, 2009 oh close 2005 <sighs> so sort of recent sort of i mean we, what we would have been like eight or whatever like no nearly nearly 10 would we yeah we'd have been nine nearly 10 anyway <laughs> i don't know how old i am <laughs> Right, so it's Sunday the 4th of December 2005, and initially this man thinks, oh my gosh, someone's sunbathing, that's weird. Um, but let's just clarify now, that's fucking stupid, because it's, it's December, December, and it's chilly. Exactly. But obviously hindsight's an easy thing to say, like, maybe in his brain he was thinking, oh, I hope that's someone's sunbathing and not a dead body, so mm -hmm. <laughs> who knows. So this girl has long blonde hair and is wearing quite a classic outfit to the time. She's wearing jeans, a top and trainers so bear that in mind i will because that will come up later uh, plus it's just a top and it's december so it's freezing what kind of top are we talking about just a t-shirt like top a, just, no, just oh a t-shirt just a t-shirt color doesn't say just really trying to paint a picture in my head here Sorry. imagine just a, a plain white t-shirt <laughs> are you sure yeah but if it's not a plain white t-shirt i don't want to picture it well they refuse to release the pictures of the body, so we'll get on to that. Okay, um, all right, you continue. Okay, so the, my next question for you is, what did the man do next? What did the man do next? Um, he either poked her with a stick <laughs> or, or uh, ran over to her and checked if she was all right. And then hopefully he called the police. Yeah, who phoned the police? That was just a trick question. There we go. Because I wanted you to feel like okay. you were involved. Um, <laughs> oh, thanks. You know, but I have to ask these questions because in so many cases that I've covered, calling the police just isn't the first instinct for most people. Really? Yeah. It's like horror films. No one ever thinks to call someone straight away. They just let stuff happen to them. Yeah, I guess so. I think maybe like your brain's like, if I don't phone the police, it's not happening. <laughs> so or also you don't want to, the police to turn up and think you've had something to do with it true i think most people would panic like oh my god do i look guilty 
So police immediately arrive and then close the beach off and they take away the woman's body and clear the scene. But two days later, something significant happens with an article that is released. Can you guess what significant thing happens in this article? So when did this article come out? Two days after her body was found. Two days after. Is it is it about her, the article? Yes. Ooh, um, I don't know. Was she someone, someone important's daughter or something? No, it's pretty Shame. simple. They put her age wrong and they got the date that her body was found wrong. And that might oh. not seem like a big deal, but this is just two days after her body's been found and the police haven't like released any information about her yet. So well, I thought it would be a bit more scandalous than that. Okay. But that is pretty scandalous. That's their job. You'd think well, yeah, but how soon are they meant to release it? Well, not very. If the, pub if the police haven't released her like information to the public or done a press conference or anything, then they shouldn't be yet putting any of her information in. Yeah, no. Okay, I get you now. I think I misunderstood, but now I'm. <laughs> we're on the same page. Okay, good. So my next question to you is, can you guess what the police's verdict on this death was? Uh, suspicious. Nope, they ruled it out as being suspicious. Really? They immediately believed Murder. it was suicide. <gasps> oh no. Yeah. So it's pretty fucked up. Um, and the paper fucks up on the whole mispronouncing of the, her age and the date and refused to comment on it later on. Like they point blank refused to have anything to do with it. So this mm -hmm. woman was identified as Swedish nationalist Annie Borjesson. Apologies if I'm pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> I'm not Swedish. <laughs> she was 30 at the time of her death, not 31. And Annie lived in Sweden all her life, but moved to Scotland in late 2004. So she didn't actually have that much time in Scotland before her death. No, only about a year. Yeah. So as I said earlier, Annie's death was ruled as suicide. So let's look into how they got to that conclusion. So another question I have for you, was there an autopsy? Surely, surely there was. Or, well, it depends, doesn't it? Because if they found her with like, markings like lacerations or something like if it looks like straight up suicide do you know what I mean like self-harm related or something like that then maybe they wouldn't have done an autopsy whereas if there's nothing on the exterior that's probably when they go for the ex interior good good questions you got there Thank um, you. immediately no there was not an autopsy uh, which is really disappointing and her parents were informed by Monday evening that her daughter died by suicide so before the autopsy had even been carried out, her parents were told it was suicide. Mm. We'll get onto that later. Okay. So next to Annie's body was her bag, which raises a big red flag. How did her bag wash up on the shore next to her? Like how? Um, well, I mean, I don't know any of the backstory here, but what I was thinking was that she, I mean, if they're assuming it's suicide, she would have just done whatever she did on the beach. So she had a bag with her, but <laughs> clearly it wasn't a suicide. Otherwise okay, quite this clearly would be she's a pretty like open and shut case. She's like been okay. in the water around, they're assuming. 
So it's by, a setup. So by the looks of it, it looks like she's been like brought in by the tide and they're confused at why her bag is there. So another question is, can you guess what was in her bag? Hmm. <laughs> Phone? Oh, would they have? Yeah, they'd had phones. What am I talking about? Um, purse? I don't think so, What's literally. Um, a severed head. <laughs> that would make this a lot more interesting, but no. <laughs> um, uh, how out of the box am I thinking here? Not thinking too out of the box. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. So, in her yeah, bag. Just... Yeah, it was. <laughs> A selection of clothes, uh, books uh, from a library in Sweden, and her passport, because mm. Annie was about to fly home to Sweden for Christmas. She had plans. Right, so I'll tell you what's happened here. Okay. I know what's happened. Go on. She's got some overdue library books, <laughs> and the library have come after her. She ran to Scotland to try and evade the library police, <laughs> and God. she's got what's coming to her. Okay, interesting theory. <laughs> Always pay your library fees. Just saying, they That's take that stuff seriously. I feel confident as an adult not having any library fees, so. <laughs> That's good. What's a library? Yes. <laughs> a book? Oh, God. Okay, so she'd made plans with her best friend to go Christmas shopping, and she'd even booked an appointment with her hairdresser over there in Sweden. So, like, I know you can never truly tell when a person's in that place, but her actions weren't particularly of someone who was about to commit suicide. Mm. Um, and she had travelled over 80 miles from her home in Edinburgh to Preswick Beach, which was right next to the airports that she would have been flying from. So keep that in mind. OK, so a quick background on Annie as a person. She loved music and particularly heavy metal. And she actually started a band with her siblings growing up where she was the singer and the bass player. She was fluent in six languages, Danish, Finnish, Hungarian, French, Swedish, and English, which is crazy because I complain about trying to learn one. <laughs> so essentially Annie is a really happy, clever woman who loves performing and life. And there's no signs of someone who's in a few months going to kill herself. So, next on the agenda for the police was searching Annie's flat. Do you think they found a suicide note? Mm. See, I don't think they did, but if they did, I don't think it was in her handwriting. Oh, that's a good theory. But no, absolutely nothing. She'd even paid her rent for the next month in advance. Wow. So there was at least some hope that she was planning to return from Sweden as well. Mm. So when Annie was taken to the undertaker, the undertaker was shocked and immediately said that chunks of her hair was missing from her head and she still had makeup on her face. And there was no indication that she had drowned or been submerged in water in anything like that. As well as this, the undertaker found deep, heavy bruising all over Annie's body and skull and reportedly thumb marks across her neck as if she'd been strangled. And obviously bruising doesn't occur after death. Like you have to be alive for bruising to happen. Um, but alas, none of this had been accorded on the initial viewing of Annie's body. Mm. So you raised a point earlier of like how they found the body. There are even more indications than this that it was a murder, but they ignore it. So in 2005, the undertaker was not the only person to raise concerns over Annie's body. 
Initially, Annie's body went to a hospital where it remained there for two days after, before an autopsy. And when Annie's parents were informed it was suicide, this was the Monday, and that, that happened before the autopsy even like, occurred. So two weeks after the autopsy, she was then driven to London and then shortly after flown to Sweden to a funeral home. That's a long time to keep a body like mm. frozen and not decaying. Yeah. And if you think that's long, her body remained in the funeral home for over a year before being buried. Wow. Yeah. I really feel for her family because that's pretty Yeah, I was great. just about to say her poor parents. Yeah. So the company that covered the insurance from this global, from this like funeral arrangements in Sweden was called the Global Networks Funeral Assistance. And they received letters from operations manager expressing their concerns with the way Annie's body was found, as well as notifying the police. And this insurance company publicly answered these letters that her hair was simply falling out due to overwashing and overbrushing her hair. And the police said the bruising was due to rocks on the seabed and exposure to decomposition. So like already they're making ridiculous excuses. Yeah. Okay, so my next question for you is, was there any sort of witness at all to this? I'm gonna say no, other than the man that found her, but he's not, he can't really be classed as a witness, can he? Not particularly, but there was sort of a witness, although at least there was a man that was classed right. as a sole witness because the Saturday before her body was found, so a few hours before her body was found, um, this man was walking along the beach with a friend and he claimed he saw a figure of a person standing by the water's edge, just staring out into the sea. And he noticed this, like his brain told him to take a note of it. And it was December and it's quite foggy, so he couldn't quite work out if it was male or female, but he thought it was strange and carried on walking and he walked up the beach and back and by the time he went back they were still there like they didn't move so yeah they the police ran with this and they were like oh that's proof that she was there and she did this to herself so yeah and the scottish police are coming under an immense amount of pressure at this point and the swedish minister requests that annie's case is reopened do you think this was granted or denied denied Yep. Uh, so essentially, they didn't straight out deny it. They said no, and then invited the Swedish minister over to Scotland, which is pretty suspect to me. But for now, I'm going to go back and forth in this story a lot, so bear with me. But something okay. odd was discovered about the beach, which would make it highly unlikely that the tide delivered Annie's body to the exact spot in which she was found. Can you guess what it was that made this unlikely? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like your honesty. Okay. So <laughs> it was on an ever so slight and not so obvious to the naked eye, but it was on like a rise. So as you walked okay. south on the beach, the bank rised. And this meant that the tide didn't often reach this particular part of the area in the beach that her body was found on. So like, it's easy to say, oh, hindsight is a wonderful thing when presented with this information, but the police were presented with this information throughout. However, it was completely ruled out by the police. Can you guess why it was ruled out? What that information was ruled out? Yeah. Why did the police say, no, her body was washed up? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she had yeah. some seaweed in her hair. These are... <laughs> I feel like that would have been smart if I were like a murderer and I'd, I'd make it look like they drowned. 
Anyway, yeah. uh, this particular weekend in question, the beach had experienced an unusually high tide, which potentially right. means that it could have delivered Annie's body to that spot. It's unlikely, but it's potential. So, but again, the police ran with it. As well as the bruising to Annie's body, they found DNA of another woman on Annie's hands. But police believe that this could have been picked up from like a handrail in the airport rather than direct contact. Like an airport is a pretty easy place to pick up DNA of other people. But if yeah, but had she, she hadn't been to the airport at that point, had she? She had, yes. I will get on to that. But also, okay. if she had drowned, wouldn't that DNA have washed off? Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about that kind of thing, but you would think, <laughs> you would think it might. And the Crown Office, like, completely point blank, refused to look into this and test this anymore. So, Annie's body goes through a second autopsy in Sweden. What do you reckon their verdict of death was? Murder! Nope. They completely oh. agreed with the first one. They said... <laughs> no way! And that she drowned, of <gasps> like, died of drowning. Oh. So, okay, I'm going to explain a bit about this, um, like, and why this is complete bullshit. So I'm sorry if this like bores you or anything, but I'm going to go into detail. So if you enter the water when you are already dead, your heart is obviously not pumping and therefore cannot push any seawater skeletons around your bloodstream and into your organs, which are essentially like little microbes from seawater that get pulled into your body, etc, etc. If you enter the water alive, your heart would pump the seawater skeletons around your whole bloodstream and it would enter your organs and even your bone marrow. They found zero seawater skeletons in her blood or bone marrow. What they did identify, however, is commonly seen in fresh water, not seawater. Mm -hmm. So the question is now, was she drowned prior to this, like in a bath and then transferred? Who knows? But this, like, that's fucking crazy why they still ruled it as drowning in seawater. And there was one further test that could have been done in Annie's lungs to finally determine whether she had drowned in seawater or freshwater. Do you think this was performed? No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the Swedish authority absolutely refused to do this test. Like, they're pretty expensive, I guess, but at the same time, if it's going to be the be all and end all, I don't know why they wouldn't. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Even, just, even just to rule something out. Like you, but you'd think there would be procedures or like protocols that they have to follow in order to be able to 100% rule something out rather than just thinking we won't bother because we don't think it is that. You'd think so. And apparently Annie's, not. Apparently not. This it all gets even more dodgy. Like, ugh. So Annie's mother asked the police for any CCTV footage of the beach at around the time that Annie was there and they point blank refused to give her any CCTV. So can we guess what Annie's mother does in response to this? Uh, she protests. Yeah, that was a good guess. You got it. Does she? Yeah. So she No up. way. Yeah, she does sit down protest in the police station in Scotland. Wow. She's incredible. Annie's mum is literally like she just doesn't give up and to this day she's still not giving up um and the more she presses the more like external companies become interested in the case so eventually the police do provide her with the cctv stills of the beach however these stills that they provided were without any date on them uh which again is like extremely suspect and they did have mm. a time on them though 
however, this didn't match up with the CCTV footage of Annie on the train to Preswick or Annie arriving at the airport. Like she couldn't have walked there in that time. So yeah, it's Annie's mother like suspected that the CCTV had been edited or tampered with. And Annie's mum then goes on to retrieve Annie's phone bills. And upon looking at these, something was missing. Can you guess what? Uh, I don't know. On No, you probably don't. I was going to say on phone bills, do you get like a, a call list of like call history? You do. Mm-hmm. Is that what was missing? Yeah. So like <sighs> loads of her phone calls had been deleted. Uh, wow. And they knew that she spoke to her best friend in Sweden like all the time. And it was just really, really suspicious. But as well as this, all of her emails had been deleted too. So they were like, hmm, what's going on? And if that, if there was a suspect and police found all this evidence, like they would be screaming guilty. But as soon as it like falls on them, they completely ignore it. Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned earlier, Annie arrived at the airport on the Saturday, right? She was intending to go home to see her family and friends, but she hadn't bought a ticket in advance. So they went on to CCTV to check if she bought a ticket. But oddly enough, Annie is seen on CCTV in the airport. She walks in, doesn't buy a ticket, and then freezes as if she's contemplating which way to go before turning around and exiting the way that she just came. And as if this wasn't complicated enough already, what I'm about to reveal will blow your socks off. So I hope you're ready. So a journalist makes a pretty dark link between the airport and Annie. Can you guess what this link is? I doubt you'll guess it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. No, go on, enlighten me. <laughs> so in 2005, Preswick Airport was one of the key locations in a billion dollar US fight against terrorism. This meant that the CIA were flying terrorists from Europe and the Middle East to random locations so that they could essentially hijack and blow up these planes. Wow. And the link between this and Annie is so complicated, but basically there was a Swedish journalist who wrote articles exposing these individuals involved with this CIA organization. And the name of this journalist was Christina Boyerson. And Annie's full name was Annie Christina Boyerson. So obviously we know that they weren't the same person, but is this potentially a case of mistaken identity? Mm. Like was, the government or the CIA trying to hit Christina Boyerson and they mistook Annie as that. So it's just a theory, but. Yeah, okay. And if anyone listening or if you, Jamie, like get a chance to look into Christina Boyerson, please do, like her career is fascinating. And like, I would include more of it, but we would be here for hours. And interestingly enough, Christina Boyerson gets involved with Annie's case, demanding answers in press releases which is just like iconic, but unfortunately a lot of papers fabricate her involvement or her wording. So she had to kind of dip out and take a step back. Okay, so backtracking a bit, but in the summer of 2005, Annie met a man who claimed to be a rugby international player at the local rugby club and they hit it off, but were quickly like fizzled out into nothing. But one week prior to Annie's death, he randomly plucked up out of nowhere and turned up at her local swimming pool and watched her swim which is fucking weird. What's like, weird about that? I do that all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> as well as this, he also turned off at the pub that she was at and brushed past her on purpose to get her attention, then giving her a threatening stare. 
And immediately Annie phoned her best friend about these incidents. And her friend said, don't worry about it. You'll be in Sweden soon. I'm sure he's just like hung up on the whole failed relationship thing. But if it was him that did this, how weird is it that he watched her in a swimming pool knowing like, uh-huh, you're going to die in that? What the fuck? No. So again, that's just a theory. He's never questioned or anything like that. So, and this only allowed the police to explain why she deleted her emails, saying that she felt scared and she wanted to remain as detached as possible from him. Mm. As well as this already suspicious behaviour, it came to light that Annie tried to withdraw money prior to her flight. She attempted to withdraw £150 from two separate uh, ATMs, but she was declined due to insufficient funds in her account. I don't know personally if that's actually suspicious because if you're about to get on a flight, you'd get cash out, wouldn't you? Yeah. So yeah, but please put this down as like suspicious behaviour. So anyway, back to the current like case. Friends stated that Annie was feeling depressed during the time and police began to believe that she started cutting her own hair off due to this. Annie was iconically known for her long blonde hair, as I mentioned in the beginning, but her body was found out, found with hair like pulled out as well as this marine specialist looked into the weather on the weekends that Annie died and stated that the sea was particularly stormy and it could have caused some of the bruising on Annie's body if she were pushed against rocks. Something that I didn't state earlier is that Annie's knees were also found like completely scraped up as if she'd like fallen over, but Annie was found wearing long jeans. So that doesn't make much sense to me. So surely if her knees were getting battered from rocks, the like jeans would be ruined too. Mm. Or it would have happened before. Yeah. So who knows? Experts explain that the reason her belongings were washed up beside her is that the wind wasn't strong enough to push her belongings away. Meaning that they would have just followed her around. But, but this is, sorry to interject. No, this is what I'm, I'm not quite grasping. Mm. What... How have they classed it as suicide? Like, what do they think she's done? Just walked into the sea? Yeah. Yeah. With rocks in her pockets, or...? No, they think she just walked in. Just just walked in and that was that. That was that. See, this is why I'm scared of the ocean. (laughs) Oh, no, are you? You just never know what's going to happen. But, no, so that's, that's a big... That's been a big question in my mind throughout this. It's I don't understand what they... Have assumed her to have done like I know people people do drown from being drunk and that kind of thing and going for a skinny dip but <laughs> but my question is it was December so the water would have been fucking freezing in Scotland how can like even if you are in that state of mind I don't know how your body wouldn't be like no fuck this well I don't think that's your first thought really is it if if you're not. in that kind of state of mind would you really think I know what I'll do. I'm going to freeze my nips off. I'm going out into the ocean. <laughs> but another thing it. I don't get is that they say that the it was a particularly like stormy weekend, so that's why her body was like banged up. But if it was that stormy, how could there not have been wind to like separate her and her belongings? And if she did mm-hmm. walk into the ocean, why did she bring her bag with her? Surely she would just walk in and not care about her belongings. So it just doesn't make sense like I don't know the way her body was found and everything and the state of her body it doesn't add up so do you know what happens to a body that drowns in water or is in water for a long time like can you take a guess what happens to the body 
yeah doesn't it bloat or something exactly it bloats so like when your hands they get all like wrinkly and puffy but like your whole mm. body just goes like like a puff of fish and it was not in that state at all so she clearly hadn't been in the water a long time and don't forget about that dna that was found in her hands like i just don't understand how that could still be there yeah and since annie's death post-mortem experts have looked at the photographs of her body that were taken but obviously in 2005 the quality of these images weren't clear enough for experts now to justify declaring it as suicide or murder so like it's still ongoing they're still looking into it but they can't they can't do anything because just not enough was done and this is the thing that really frustrates me the most in this situation is that when a body is found in nature in the outside world where the conditions are constantly changing your crime scene is the body and that's the only thing you have solidly to go by like any evidence but her body was not treated with any professionalism and respect to preserve any evidence it just they just took it away and left it in hospital so let's go over all the facts that we've got so far so we've had two autopsies both concluding drowning two sets of undertakers were surprised by the lack of mention of certain wounds on annie's body some of annie's hair was missing Annie's mother says up to two foot of her hair was missing when she found her. Uh, the salt water tests were inconclusive slash negative. The lung sample was refused to be done. They were unable to find a match on the DNA samples in Annie's hands. Annie had mm. been acting strangely before her death, including deleting emails. There is a potential link, though no evidence, between Annie and the CIA. No drugs or noticeable amounts of alcohol were found in Annie's muscle tissue, and the CCTV images timings didn't match up. And something sad to note in this case as well is that where Annie is buried now, her mother deliberately chose a wooden cross as opposed to like a stone gravestone. And she said that she will not provide a stone gravestone until she knows who the killer is. Like Annie's mum completely believes that her daughter was murdered and she just doesn't feel like she's got the answers. Yeah, since Annie's death, many investigators have requested forms for Annie's case like to be released. However, the Swedish government have point blank refused and stated that it is classified as a secret. Now, not only is the information not in the public interest, but it also could cause more harm than good. So they're covering something, something in this case is being covered that they do not want known, whether that's them covering a mistake that they did or something more sinister, we don't know. Mm. So that is it. So Jamie, tell me your thoughts. What do you think is the truth? Do you have a final decision to solve this case? Um... I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought we were just getting into it. Uh, I thought there was a bit more to come. So I'm a bit disappointed, really, because... And this is going to keep me awake now, because I love I love those kind of documentaries and stuff where, like, it drags it out a little bit and you start forming all these theories and it gives you so many sides to a story, but then you kind of... You have kind of an idea of what's happened by the end of it. But with this, there's kind of there's a handful of loose threads that we don't have too much information on either way exactly so it leaves it quite open but I guess my my main thought is that I I don't understand why everything possible wasn't done on the police's end in terms of tests autopsies whatever to determine the cause of death because if they've suspected it's suicide and she's drowned, mm -hmm. do the lung test, test for salt water in the lungs or in the body or whatever. Or... But do they actually believe that or are like was she 
murdered because they thought she was this journalist involved well i know yeah that's the other thing but that's what i'm saying if they if that's truly what they believed had happened was that she had drowned and there's tests to kind of determine whether someone has died that way and they haven't carried out those tests that does make you think that there's some kind of foul play involved so that journalist thing interesting i'm gonna i'm gonna go and do some research on that actually. please look up like preswick airport in 2005 it is mental like i listened to a documentary or a podcast on this particular case on sky news i think it was and they go into a lot more detail about it than i do because it's just i can cover it um mm-hmm. it's fucking mental and i didn't know that that was a thing like how did we not know that in our country america was like flying people are oh, yeah it's ridiculous no, I had no idea. No, we don't know. Absolutely no idea. <laughs> so yeah, you're ruling it as suspicious. Is that your final verdict? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely okay. suspicious. Don't okay. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. <gasps> that gets stuck in my head when I'm trying to see. <laughs> so normally at the end of my podcast, I will go over five random laws from a specific place. But as you're a guest, and I've talked to you for most of it, I decided to do it differently. So if you could make any five things a law right now, what would you do and why? Five things. I've never had this much power in my life before. Yeah, you are King Um, Jamie. Um, I think, okay, this is a big... You'll agree with me on this one. And actually, I think... Haven't Scotland done this recently? Sanitary products yes. are free. Yeah. Scotland and, has, like banished the tax. Yeah. So it bugs me a little bit that, I mean, it's, I'm not going to get too into that side of things, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a natural process that you kind of have no control over and it's a bit sucky that you have to spend so much money on yeah, it's because they're classed as a luxury special, item. That special time of the month. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing that I would do. Good, um, I agree with that one. I, I think, this is really boring. I'm, I'm just thinking of deep stuff rather than like fun stuff. No, deep um, is good. Another, I think homelessness is a huge issue and I think more needs to be done to help help that because and I've, I've been really thinking about it recently as well with that freezing cold weather we've had mm. you just think like how how could you spend a night out in that or multiple nights i don't know how they survive awful. um that's another thing um also this is something that me and you have spoken about recently oh God. print more money <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't quite understand the logic behind it I know people people I had a I had an in-depth conversation about this with my cousin who's very good he's knowledgeable and political and all that kind of thing and he tried to explain about the the inflation and I just I said well you print more money but you don't tell anyone then no one has to raise any prices isn't that law no one knows that I don't know the ins and outs of it but, I wish life were that simple to just print more money because it makes so much sense. But at the same time, I don't understand why it would cause inflation. But Well, the way it was explained to me is that if, if there's more money in circulation, people have more money, which means they can afford 
to buy more products and uh, like the the cost isn't relative to the demand or something right I don't know but (laughs) (laughs) I've probably explained that completely wrong he tried to explain it to me with bread something about bread um now bread I can understand (laughs) more than money especially if it's garlic bread um anyway (laughs) so that would be another law let's just print some more money and say no more about it all right agreed print print money don't inflate um don't inflate appreciate um (laughs) you've got two more uh, i would probably uh, i would ban online teaching (laughs) (laughs) after my experience last couple of days Um, Uh, imagine that if that wasn't boris's next announcement i'm banning um, all zoom calls yeah um what else one more thing i feel like this is taking up too much time no it's fine um i don't know you know what would you do let's turn it over to you you haven't given anything (laughs) yet so if if you if i passed my last rule over to you my last law what would you put in place Oh, I know exactly what comes straight to my mind. Pay mm-hmm. men and women equally for doing the same job. Yes. <laughs> yes. The gender pay gap needs to be abolished right now. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. And to be fair, right, don't hate me when I say this. Oh, God. I'm just going to pull up an example. All right. So okay. I, I understand it in some industries. Okay. Now hear me out. Okay. Something like football, the pay disparity in football. And listen, I'm I'm on the same page. I agree that people that are doing the same job should get paid the same amount. But you can understand it in certain contexts. So men's football brings in a hell of a lot more money than women's football does. And that's not necessarily because of the way they play or anything like that it's just that typically women's football has been underfunded and mm. it's a growing it's a growing game at the moment and more and more people are beginning to become involved in it mm. but the money isn't in the sport so through shirt sales merchandising ticket sales anything like that tv rights tv deals the money isn't there which is why female football players get paid a lot less than male football players and i'm not saying that's right but you can kind of understand it in that kind of industry. But I think there are a lot of jobs where men and women do exactly the same thing within the same company, um, where they are not paid equally for doing exactly the same thing. And it baffled me. Yeah, no, that's a really interesting point. I'd never thought about that before. I mean, I don't know anything about football, but that actually... Yeah, it makes a fair bit of sense and I can get that. It's not right, but it's it is the way it is. And to be fair, footballers yeah. get paid far too fucking much money. So Yeah. It's a pressure it. thing as well though, I think, because the coverage around men's football mm. is bigger than women's. Again, not saying that's right, but I think they have a lot more kind of like there's been so much racial abuse and stuff recently. Mm. Even the last couple of weeks, quite a few players been racially abused on social media and and that kind of thing um whereas i'm not saying that doesn't happen in the women's game but i think it's just because it's an exposure thing and Mm. like yeah anyway we don't have to talk about that anymore but 
yeah, I would probably also ban the media from like bashing anyone. Like, for example, yeah. Meghan Markle and like Prince Harry have announced that they're having a second child, and immediately the, yeah. the star, I think it was, going to name and shame them, were just like, oh, this woman who claims that she's really private and shy declares that she's having a child. Well, yes, it's a fucking royal baby. That's a really good one. I think, like, it does bug me that certain certain media outlets are all based on speculation and like someone's mm. opinion so a certain writer can have a certain opinion on someone and pretty much have the freedom to write what they want with very little basis or fact and yeah. it can quite quickly ruin people's lives or exactly. send them into a spiral so that's I agree that's another good one we should have a separate one. podcast where we just <laughs> decide on what law just, we make yeah yeah put the world to rights <laughs> that would go be good for hours oh my gosh we could <sighs> spend so long on that right okay so to round it off there we have it and thank you so much Jamie for coming on to this very small podcast oh, it's absolutely me... fantastic thank you for having me <laughs> you beautiful. let me talk at you about a terrible death so yeah I didn't even get to use my Scottish accent for most of this it would have been the perfect I am surprised I was expecting to like bring it out more to be fair <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint <laughs> to be fair it's <laughs> it's not where it needs to be um so yeah keeping it one, keeping it one. <laughs> but it's been nice like getting someone else's opinion on a case because normally I just mm. like talk about it myself under my duvet and I just have my own opinion <laughs> and that's great um so yeah it's been nice to like have someone be like hang on a minute that's bullshit and know that I'm not crazy so yeah no for sure pretty much so yeah <laughs> thanks guys for tuning in and listening to us chat rubbish about this horrific awful <laughs> and like I said earlier you should go check out this uh, Sky News they did a six-part podcast on this case and it's really interesting and they have far much more information obviously you have to condense it in a podcast for like just listening purposes um yeah go look up the cia and preswick airport because mind blown and as always you can go support me by donating and clicking the link in this podcast description or you can support me for free via crime note the pod on instagram so yeah as always i'll catch you next time um bye catch you next time crime noters <laughs> don't be afraid come with me